Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome. Thanks for joining us for a very special and amazing episode. I mean, they all are, but this one, even more so. Um, Before we get into it, I'm... No, no, no. Tell me first who you are. Uh, Before we get into it, I am Ellen Trackman here with... (laughs) Jennifer White. Excellent. Um, and before we get to the special amazing episode, um, our icebreaker of the day, Jen, what is your favorite holiday? Oh, wait, not favorite holiday. Favorite season. What's your favorite season? It's the holiday season right now, but uh, my favorite season actually is fall. Uh, so yeah. I'm a little sad that we have gone past the apex of my favorite season, where it's the not too hot, not too cold, you know, perfect with the leaves falling. Uh, definitely having yeah. moved to New England, love the fact that the leaves fall. Hate the fact that the leaves are on the ground and we have to do something about it, but I do love them falling. What about you? I'm the same. Definitely fall with the leaves. They're so beautiful and uh, the weather being cool and not too hot, not too cold yet. Plus, the fun, you know, all the fun holidays, and then you're coming up on more fun holidays. Uh, I also love winter, but I feel like fall is is first. Yeah, I'm not a fan of winter. That's I'm just saying. So we've now moved into oh. my least least favorite time. I'm always Do cold. Love snow. Snow is pretty uh, amazing. No, 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 no. I'm the other day, cold. I was uh, walking the dog, of course, like most of my life, uh, and it was just lightly snowing, and it was just like glitter in the air. It was amazing. Oh, it was so beautiful. Seems really pretty from afar. Um, <laughs> you can keep I had it. to get clothes on, you know, so I was fine. Um, but let me tell you about this episode because this has been many seasons of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, excited to do this because the this couple's journey took a long time, like for so many people, but so many ups and downs, um, really sadly lots of downs to get to the amazing place they are now. And then we had talked about doing a podcast with them long ago and we really had to wait for them to get to that place where they could. So the waiting was well, well worth it. And I'm so glad that they were able to come on and, and tell us their story. Welcome David and James to the podcast. I am so, so honored to have you here finally after such a long journey. So um, say hello. Hello. You're honored. We're honored. (laughs) (laughs) We are so honored to be with both of you ladies today. (laughs) um, To tell our audience about who you are, do you want to each give just a little introduction of yourselves? I don't know what you would choose uh, of your do, whole do life you to like say. long 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 time <laughs> what level of introduction are we doing here right <laughs> i know that's what i'm like my mind is like okay do i start in san diego and how i ended up in denver <laughs> um well james and i met back in uh 2009 and we got married in 2014 and at some point he made it clear that he really wanted a family and i said but i want to Ooh. travel and mm, he's like yes. yeah but a family is really important to me. And I'm like, well, so it travels very important to me. And I'm like, well, somehow we had this discussion. You just have to have the baby and bring it along. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because when we, for our honeymoon, we went to Disneyland and um, it was halfway through the day where we were both standing in line and just seeing all the interactions of their parents with their children. 
and we kind of looked at each other and there was this like sadness that we didn't have Aww. that. We're like, okay. So I remember just like leaving and going back to the hotel and that made it like the wish, the goal. Uh, it's like, oh, sweet. you know, that's what we're going after because we want that, you know, we want to have that. And I think that's where it started. Well, it started uh, for you, but I had already known I wanted kids. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's where it started for me, yes. That's just when you joined the bandwagon. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I have so many nieces and nephews, so I've always been fulfilled as far as, like, some sort of, like, relationship with, like, little ones. And um, he has a few, too, but his family's not quite as big as mine. Uh, I have two brothers, two sisters, and, you know, my brothers have, like, four children each, and they are all over wow. ages so i i it wasn't as big of a desire but i am so grateful that we are where we're at as uh two fathers two, two dads okay well you you spoiled a little bit of the story so we know your father's now i think we have to go back to the beginning right of like mm-hmm. what okay so yeah you decided but um Hey, you don't have a uterus. I think we we might know that between you two, right? So, like, wh- where did you go next? Oh goodness gracious, that part is a long journey um, that went back to twenty eighteen. I think it was like twenty seventeen is when we started like um, finding clinics and stuff like that. We were going back and forth looking for clinics of where we wanted to actually like do the embryos and stuff like that. Um, it was started in San Diego. It was the first pick that you picked was in and San Diego. And even before then, I do recall one of my best friends here in Colorado, she's like, I'll carry for you guys. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. she had uh, some health issues. And the doctor was like, her heart won't take it. Like, she can't do it. And we're Ooh, like, okay, wow. so that was one. And then my niece was going to help us by carrying, but then you know, there's so many components to this. You have to she not only pregnant. be physically, Wasn't she, pregnant? she got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like, you have to pass psychological evaluations, uh, health. So she was not a good candidate. Plus she had gotten pregnant as well. Uh, and she had changed her mind. So, uh, so those were like the beginnings of us trying to get started with the process. And yeah. um, it was, I remember we started going to, was it somewhere in Sacramento? We went to Sacramento. That's what Belinda, with Belinda, with yeah. Belinda which was his friend. She um, was going to carry for us. And then I think three or six months after that, that's when we found the place in San Diego. And then we asked your niece and your niece said she wanted to do it and everything mm-hmm. didn't like work his way out. And then um, Things finally, did not fall into and then I was getting frustrated. I was like, I really just want to get a surrogate, somebody who we're just going to pay Let's just get it done the right way. <laughs> Let's not take any Ooh. shortcuts. And um, and I think that's how it started. He founded the um, the medical center in San Diego. I found the uh, surrogate company, which was um, Root Surrogacy. And that's where it all started right there. <laughs> but it wasn't as easy as that. We went through like so many agencies, so many calls. We were calling mm-hmm. agencies and... Um, the East Coast, the West Coast, here in Colorado, uh, and while in San Diego, you know, since things weren't falling into place, and there is no right or wrong way of doing things, it's just, does it work? And it's everybody health and safety, uh, the safety aspect of it. And I think that was the issue that it wasn't working for us because we didn't have somebody that was 
you know, able to do this for us. So that's when James uh, tapped into root surrogacy and I wasn't sold on it um, initially um, just because I just didn't have the rapport there. But um, Mm. the rapport was was very direct. And I'm a type Mm. of person that is like, I like direct. I don't like people like, you know, like I'm just going to tell you a little, I mean, what you what you want to hear. When I talked to Brooke, she was very direct. And I like to sugarcoat things. I like things nice and sweet. Nope. And- Some <laughs> people like that. Others don't. I say, I know Brooke, and that is absolutely a fair description of her. So, <laughs> yeah. that's great. And that's why I loved her. I'm like, I'm so a direct. Yeah. Oh, well, I love her now, too. I mean, I love her. But uh, at, at first, I'm like, I don't know if this is the right place for us. And he's like, I think it is. And he was absolutely right. We picked the right agency. And mm. picking the right agency did not necessarily mean that things we're easier now. Um, there were in some ways, but not in others. So I re- recall um, in San Diego with the fertility clinic where we're working, I picked the first egg donor and she did not produce any eggs. So our doctor called us, we went to San Diego and they're like, we didn't get any eggs. And I'm like, what? That's what unusual for a donor. Yeah. yeah. It was her profile. Her profile wasn't updated. It was... um. It was she, it, the age that it says she was. She was not that age. So she, instead of like oh, her twenties, no. which we thought she was like twenty six, she was actually like in her. She was in her thirties. Thirties. Yeah. And we're like, why wasn't mm-hmm. this updated? That's significant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so those are the kind of things that we came across often. Um, sperm being left out. I mean, it was so many different things. Oh. And, um. But yeah, so I picked the first person, didn't produce any eggs. So I was beating myself over it because I'm like, you know what? I I lose all rights to make decisions on this. So you go ahead. Oh, um, but there's nothing that you did wrong. Right. I mean, you chose no, the best just, information that was given to you. Correct. Correct. And it just, you know, she just didn't produce any eggs. She only produced what, one or two eggs. She did uh, three, actually. Three eggs. And then, and um, were, yeah. And then he had called, I guess you called me, because I was in Australia when all this was going on. And then he was telling me, um, we didn't get enough eggs, so we're going to have to find another donor. And then I was like, okay. And then um, I think, did we find a donor? I did. Um, they helped us. She the actually found, a per- found us uh, another egg donor that did produce a lot of eggs. And um, we made the, Dr. Moss wanted us to split, split the eggs evenly. So that uh, there was, I don't know, like maybe 18. It was. So that James would get, and she told us which ones were good, which ones were, you know, questionable. The A, the, the a the, eggs and the B. Well, that's before the embryo, when there were eggs. And I think I made the mistake again of saying, like, let James have all the good ones and I'll take uh, whatever's left. Because I think had we split them up evenly, our chances from that beginning would have been different. But that's another thing I beat myself over because I'm like, why did I, because Dr. Moss even didn't, did not agree with me. She's like, no, I think James should get two good ones. You get two good ones. And then we get like, so they were evenly sorted, but I'm like, no, I have a lot of nieces and nephews genetically. So let him have them all. And I think that's what we did. And um, they created the embryos The and we got a few good ones. I got some. We had four, ones. we had four from me and we had what, two. three from you, three. 
It was three. One, yeah. yeah but it was a total of seven. Line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it we, seems like a good number. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. And um, yeah, we actually went into the first transfer and it was successful. Yeah, it was the first so transfer. Wait, so, but hold on. Okay, so you, but you got the gestational carrier with no problem through Roots then. So you didn't have any issues. Oh, there. no. No, not with Roots. With Roots, it, they gave us, what was it, like eight? How many days did they say they find you a, a surrogate? I cannot um, I think, I don't recall correctly. Like As I recall, I, I know they got us within two weeks. They she, did. They found us within two weeks and... Her name was Celicia, oh, and she was so fast. perfect. And we like clicked right away on the um on the um. She was wonderful. Yeah, on the internet, we talked to her and like Ruth, video conference. Yeah, Ruth like basically like um had us on there to get to know who she was and stuff like that. And then I think was it for her first testing or was it for her um for her retrieval for her um. When did we meet her in person? Because it was her and Sarah that came on a train to meet us. Yeah, so we went down to San. We flew into San Diego and we met at that coffee shop, and that was the was first that the time transfer or was that the? Yes, we had gone down there for uh, testings and labs, and then we went back and she got the transfer and it took. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was so we the... met her as for her testing. We met her at testing for everything and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we met our coordinator, which was Sarah, which was so great. We met her and mm -hmm. we got to know who she was. And just in person, just to meet your surrogate was kind of cool and stuff like that. But when she did the transfer, yeah. we were not down there for the transfer. It was her and her husband mm -hmm. that went. Yeah. Okay. And we had a good doctor too. Dr. Moss was amazing. Yeah. I, I love her. Yeah. So that's so smooth here. process. That That's great that the transfer worked. And yeah. what happened next? Um. During the, during the time when she, she got she got pregnant immediately, she was like within within nine days or ten days when they called twelve days. Is it twelve days? It was really quick. It, it was, was like within 12, a week after the transfer. It was like twelve days or something like that. They told us that she was pregnant. We were happy and stuff like and that. CG levels were going in the right direction, yep. doubling up, and yeah, everything looked fantastic. And Every, we kept going to ultrasounds and monitoring the pregnancy as it went along. And, and uh, everything seemed like it was going great. And then about that was during the pandemic. Yeah, it was right during the pandemic. Um, mm, that's it right. was it was in March because she was five months pregnant in March. Yeah, she was twenty two weeks. Twenty weeks. It was twenty. Twenty weeks. It was twenty weeks. Okay. You're and right. then me and her, I went up to Washington because that's where she stayed in Washington, and we went for the ultrasound and stuff like that. And we're all in there just vibing, talking, and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, mm. the, the the person who's doing the um, ultrasound completely stopped talking. And I was like, Something, oh. something's not right. Never She's not sorry. talking to us. Yeah. And then um, she says, well, I have to go back to the head again one more time. I'm just not getting a full thing. And then when she was talking to us, that's when Celicia had told me. She says, you know, I forgot to even tell you today was the first day I felt her kick. And I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? And, you know, you're, oh. you're all happy and stuff mm. like that. And uh, the lady said, well, I'm going to go ahead and get the doctor real quick. And she's going to tell you guys what's going on and we'll go from there. And I was like, okay. And then when she left the room, mm -hmm. I, I had told our surrogate, Salisha, I said, um, something's not right. And she says, no, everything's yeah. fine. And I said, no, she stopped talking. Did you see that she stopped talking? She says, mm -hmm. no, she was just going through everything. And she says, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. And when she went to the bathroom, I was like, 
something's not right. My heart dropped and I was trying not to cry. And they both came back into the room and then the doctor came into the room as well. She says, the, the, the nurse had told her, look at this on the, on the x-ray. She was showing her the x-rays and stuff like that. And then she turned to us. She says, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off real quick. Things don't look right on this end right here. I'm going to send you guys to a specialist. And we're, we're looking and at both each other. Did she like, say, go ahead. Did she say what it was or why she thought things weren't looking right? She said something in her brain wasn't looking correct right now. And it we were developing. Yeah. She yeah. didn't say that. Oh, she, she did not say that. I wasn't there. Unfortunately, I was not allowed to come because of COVID. And my job as a flight attendant, yeah. well, so they're like, don't even come. So I had to go to San Diego to be with my family yeah. while this was transpiring. Yeah. So when that had happened, I was like, okay, so when do we go to the specialist? Do we go like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, do we go next week? I mean, when do we? She says, oh, no, you guys are going today. So oh, wow. when we were trying to walk out the room, I was like shaking. And and Celicia was like actually really strong, stronger than what I was because I'm like, something's not right. And then when we walked out of the room, I was still trying not to cry. And then I got on the phone. I called David. I said, David, something's not right. I need you here. I got it. You got to get here immediately. Something's not right with the baby. And, um, and mm-hmm. then, she, and then Shalisha said, are you going to be okay? I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I just remember that part where I was like, I just, oh. I completely broke down and she's like, everything's going to be all right. And I was like, okay. So I went back to the hotel. She went home our appointment was like two hours later and she went, she got there before me, her and her husband, cause her husband actually came too. And I was just a mess. So I tried to like get myself together, yeah. went back to the, to the specialist, got over there and they were already in the room doing the x-rays and they sent me back right away. And that's when we went back and the, the other doctor came in after the x-ray, he says, where you guys may want to terminate the pregnancy because her brain's not developing. Oh. And uh, that was, we kind of both broke down at that point. Yeah, and, yeah, we both broke down. It was like really hard and stuff like that. And uh, that was the worst wow. experience in my life that I ever had in my life was that yeah. we have to terminate the pregnancy and they kind of walked us through and talked us through the whole thing, what would happen and stuff like that. And I think it was two days later when she had to, when she did everything right. Cause we did everything on Wednesday. And well, I, think I that, remember that just the, you called me and the flight up to Portland was just so long and never ended. And I'm like, Oh my God, how long is this uh-huh. going to be? Yeah. feel like eternity. And then when I got there, you picked me up and you went and um, you were explaining to me what had transpired. And I'm like, well, there has to be something we can do. And you share with me that the doctor himself had gone through the same situation yeah. with his partner and that it's oh, wow. going to be a wow. still, that it was going to be a stillbirth. And that there yeah. was, even if we had a miracle, it, the baby would only probably live a few hours and it would be uh, under using machines because she would not be able to breathe oh. on her own or oh do anything. And the doctor had gone through the same thing with the yes. doctor's own partner. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, told us. He says we went through the same thing you guys went through. He says we stopped because there, uh, him and his partner were like basically like um let's stop because they did it three or four times and it was easier for them just to adopt. And he says wow. we took that route because it was just too much. And they incur and I guess they incur because James was like maybe that's the route we need to go to. 
Um, and I just, for me, it just didn't feel real. I'm like, there has to be a mistake. I thought they were just, because I had gone to all these ultrasounds prior to that, and I was seeing a healthy developing baby, and the images looked yeah. fine yeah. to me. I just didn't know there was uh, no brain there. Uh, the, uh, or the, the it, brain, did, it didn't split. It didn't split in two hemispheres, and a lot of the auto functions were not going to happen for her. Um, so, yeah, we had to make a decision, and we had to make that decision very quick, and I felt like things were so rushed, and that definitely is <sighs> just one of the worst oh, days of my I'm life. I'm sorry. Um, I just, I just, and then there's so many things, like, I felt that poor Celicia had to do this all on her own, and we're like, why are we subjecting another human being to this? Especially like, this is yeah, not even the right. pandemic. Yeah, and it was just yeah. like everything was just so isolated, and um, it just felt like we were in a dark hole. And there was, yeah, it was just the worst. Um, but I just knew that not only had her doctor and OBGYN recommended that, so I had the specialist. So I had to kind of join the team, and of. Uh, this decision is the right decision, not only for our surrogate, but for the baby and for us. And, you know, we were being asked to do the one thing we would never thought anyone would ask us to do, you know? We're like, we don't yeah. necessarily believe in that. And um, doing things that yeah. you don't believe in is difficult and challenging. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, after that, it was just, months of waking up every morning and kind of like looking around and I'm like, was mm -hmm. that real or was that a dream? And then you would realize that it was oh, wow. reality. And then, yeah. and then I think <sighs> two months after that, that's when we got the phone call from, um, from Sarah saying that, um, Celicia didn't want to, um, continue on. She didn't want to continue anymore. And so they were going to yeah. find us another surrogate. And, um, our Sarah surrogate was, um, Alyssa. And we met her, like, same thing, the video conference, talked to her. We met her and her father in California, talked to them. And yeah, we went out to uh, lunch yeah. with them and, yeah, her and her husband. And they were lovely people. We didn't meet her husband. It was her father. That was her father. Oh, yeah, it was. Her. I was about to say, you said, I was like, I think that's adorable and sweet that came with her. Yeah, we met we her. We met her husband later on. Yeah, we met her husband later on. And then we went to. Did you do the first appointment with Aly Alyssa? Or was it me? I'm one of us did the first appointment. I can't even I remember. <laughs> and um, I know we had the first appointment with her. You know, I think we did that together. And then the first transfer we did with um with Alyssa. Mm -hmm. And then um, I tell me about Alyssa's transfers. Well, we did three. So we used um the other. We jumped ahead again. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> You're supposed to talk about one transfer. Then oh, well, I know that the first transfer uh, was like a chemical pregnancy, which meant that we got a reading. Or was that the second mm -hmm. one? We got a reading, but it wasn't doubling up. It was going like from 13. It went to from 14. 63 to 33. That's what it was. That's right. Oh, that's we right. We, yeah. we went from like really good numbers to just like, nope, this is not going to happen. Yeah. So by that, yeah. at that point, we were kind of okay with it and happy because we're like, oh, that's just 
uh, the natural process of the body saying this is not a viable pregnancy and it's saving us all of the heartache we had gone through with the first uh pregnancy so we're like okay we're okay with this mm-hmm. it's at least it happened early on and then that's interesting that the what you went through gave you a different perspective on it where you feel relieved yeah and yeah, yeah you suddenly have a very big heart protectionist measure there yeah and it's it's you just stick to the facts because then we got a chemical pregnancy where the numbers were just kind of going up trickling up and i just knew everybody was so optimistic like our coordinators doctors everyone but i just knew it was also again not a viable pregnancy because i'm like okay no i know that if it's a 13 it needs to be a 26 next time not a 14 and not a 15 so i wasn't vested mm, in that yeah. one either were you vested were you optimistic i thought it would take right away i don't know in my head i was thinking like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen so when that one didn't happen we did another transfer and that's when i was like the third one the, the last one the, yeah that's when i was like what's going on so that one didn't take either that one was the was that the chemical yeah. pregnancy uh, yeah at that point i was questioning everything i was questioning our doctor i was questioning the process i was questioning myself i was questioning james i was questioning god everything anything and everything i was questioning and i'm like i don't think this is for us yeah and then we we did how many transfers we were for yeah a total of four because then you invested some more money to work with a uh egg embryo in uh seattle yeah maybe you did may, okay so you only had two embryos and one was mosaic right correct we okay. did not use the mosaic one i was gonna say yeah we never used the mosaic one but we did use three of them yeah and then at that point we had none left they were good they were still growing mm-hmm. uh so you decided to we decided we, we decided you're right we decided to um create another one yeah we, we decided to go with another company that um you know in seattle, to, mm-hmm. in seattle to go ahead and do like a, a what is it a guaranteed um a guaranteed uh embryo that's healthy viable yeah. mm-hmm. and we did that did that transfer and that didn't work either it didn't result in anything it didn't result in anything. and was that the same surrogate so different mm-hmm. clinic now but same surrogate yeah it was the same yeah. surrogate Alyssa, and mm-hmm. um we had i was like we are using different egg banks different surrogates different everything it's just yeah. not working i so know and i, I think i was checking yeah. out yeah he was checking out Alyssa was getting upset she was like i don't know what's going on and it's like you know what We'll find out. We're going to find a way because we would communicate with her all the time and talk back and forth yeah. and stuff like that. And it's like, don't worry about it. And then I think that's when Dr. Morales sat down with us and yeah. she says, I don't think you guys are a good candidates for this. Or in because our wow. original doctor, Dr. Moss, had decided to, to relocate leave. her practice and she moved out of state. Um, so the other mm-hmm. practicing doctor there. Uh, Dr. Morales is just like, you know, based on everything we have here, I just don't think this is for you. So I didn't feel supported anymore at that point. And I was just, I've oh, never wow. heard of a reproductive endocrinologist saying that to a same-sex couple, like using donor eggs. That's and they're so confused. Wow. It's not for you because you both have bad sperm, or like why? Why is it not well, for you? Well, the main the we main thing. Sperm. I don't think she said that. Well, I she think say? she said mainly. She says this is not for everybody. She said, um, 
maybe you guys want to do adoption. Mm. Maybe you guys, you know, maybe you want to try this again. This is becoming very pricey for you guys. I mean, if she's, she yeah. just basically just said, what route would you like to take next? Um, we mm. kind of got a little frustrated and stuff like that. And we kind of like, I think we took a break for about a month or two. And that's when um, Sarah called back and she says, what do you guys want to do? We went ahead and we called another doctor because at the time, Ruth Surrogacy decided to, to um, one of their, I don't know, if we are we supposed to use her name or no? Mm-hmm. We got donated embryos. Somebody donated embryos to, to us. To us. Oh, yeah. And then. Um, well, not only do they donate their embryos, they actually um, referred us to the clinic that they used and gave us good reviews. Yes. So that's when we transfer our care from San Diego to San Francisco. Yeah. And were you thinking about embryo donation or did the offer, was the offer a surprise? How did that Well, at happen? the time we were running, we were getting tapped out of money over here. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a second yeah. mortgage. Yeah. We had yeah. a lot of- into our 401k a few times already and i'm like i can't do another 40k like i'm done and he's like we have to keep doing this i'm like okay well i gotta we got the second mortgage i don't know and um but yeah it actually it touched our heart when i I don't know if we should have asked if we could have used her anyway she's someone that said you know what i had my child uh and these are me and my husband decided that you guys would be uh, the ones we would want to get this. So I was touched. I was they- too. I was very touched. And that's when we got on the phone with Brooke and Brooke had told us everything like, you know what, why don't you guys go ahead and use these embryos that they have? They were 11 years old and they were not tested. And I wanted to test okay. them. I know. But they, mm. David and David said, no, let's just do it the right way. Let's, I mean, let's just go ahead and take the risks and stuff like that. And I was not really for it at all. I was like, I want to get it tested because I didn't want to go through this whole spill of like, you well, know. Yeah, the reason, the reason I didn't want to test them is because we had tested before and had spent the three to $4,000 on doing all the genetic testing. Oh. And even with perfect embryos, they hadn't result in anything. So I'm like, yeah. what's the point of doing genetic testing if they're telling you these are high-grade embryos and it still doesn't result in anything? But I guess I was just conflicted and... um I was caught up in my feelings and emotions maybe. And I wasn't thinking clearly. And now thinking back, there's a lot of things I would have done different. And yes, yeah. I would have have said like less testes. So I- when we were, when that had, before that had happened, we had talked to the doctor out there, which was Dr. Smichael. He wanted to know our story and stuff like that. We kind of t- sort of told him the whole story, what was going on. And then he suggested that we go ahead and move with another surrogate. He said with, the, with her not conceiving and stuff like that, he says, I would prefer you guys go ahead and use a different surrogate. Let's start from scratch. And um, he just wanted everything by me. And Ruth decided, yeah, that'll be, they said, okay, if that's what the doctor's suggesting, that's what we should do and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we went ahead, they found us another surrogate. And then after that, that was our um, third one. Our third one, which was. <laughs> That's wow. Brittany. What was Brittany? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting names. <laughs> wow. I, was names. I don't know. I'm just like, my head is all so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, Dr. Smickle just wanted, he's like, you know what? We're going to start a clean yeah, he wanted to start slate with everything. With You have me as a new doctor. It's a new clinic. It's a new everything, uh, you know? And we were like, okay. So 
James created, um, uh, James and I decided to create. No, we, the embryos that we got. Oh, the the, it was the donated embryos. That's right. So we went and went through number one, number two, number three. Poor thing. All those injections. The first one, when it was, it took <laughs> off at, what, 30? It yeah. was only at 30 and it went completely down. The second one was, it was I, a, I chem, it was a it. chemical it pregnancy. Levels. And then the same thing for it the was, third one. So none of those embryos took at none all. None of those three took. Oh, and at that point, I'm like, okay, so we're done. <laughs> we did it eight times. Like, oh, are you done? And he changed Eight like, times. Nope. He's like, no, we're not. <laughs> just like, oh, my goodness gracious. So he went ahead and uh, talked to me and encouraged me and said, like, let's do this again. And I'm like, oh, my God, okay. And we did, using a whole new... Uh, he didn't want to do it. He honestly did not want to do it at all. I ha was basically like, okay, I'm going to do this and we're, we're going to do this and we're going to get it out the way and it's going to happen and stuff like that. Because at that point in time, I had talked to Sarah on the phone and I told her that before, after we didn't, after the third embryo didn't take, she had called me. She said, so what do you guys want to do now? And I said, we're just going to go ahead and stop. And I think it was about a week or two later that I had called her and I said, I don't want to stop at all. I want to go ahead and continue. And she says, that's why we were holding her for you. We were going to, we didn't want to get, um, <laughs> let her go. And cause I knew you guys needed to like get your heads together. And I said, yeah, I want to continue because me and him were fussing over here. Well, and I, I was like, I was like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I want to be fulfilled as a father. We're going to do this together. And if we have to do this together, then I won't tell you what's going on. Because because you were having <laughs> you're like, you're like I will just do it and you'll just wow. show up and hold it. Well, I think yeah. what happened at that point was like, okay, I, I I am here mentally, emotionally, but I think I had reached a financial place where I was getting into trouble financially. Yeah. And I said, I can't put more things on credit cards. I can't do this to myself. I it's taking a toll on my uh, emotional, physical, mental health. And if you are willing to put the monies, I'm willing to put the cheerleading and we got this, you know. And that's not how it happened because <laughs> you did not want to do this at all. You did not want to do it at all. And then um, I was like, I'm, we're doing it. We're doing it. And basically when we were doing the whole process, I even told them, I said, everything that's going on right now, he only has a little bit of input. Everything is going to be ran through me right now. And we're this is how we're going to do it so that at least if we can get past the first, if we can get an embryo in there and it makes it and she becomes pregnant, we're going to do this regardless. That was my whole thing. Yes. So I found the egg donor people, the egg donor donation people. I found eggs to them. We're having to redo again to just make sure because we were starting to scratch with everything. Yeah. So we just basically like um, started from scratch all over again. We got um, a total of like two embryos on this on this one, and um, we she did the testing again, got her uh, everything that she's supposed to do, her shots and stuff like that, the and her everything. So Let's when she, when they did the uh, finally when you agreed to get on board and stuff like that is when we did the first transfer. And when we did that first transfer, I go ahead. Um, but remember, they wanted to transfer two embryos. 
So they were going to transfer two embryos, but I think we were going back and forth. Like, no, that's not what happened. Um, with the two, one of the one of the, <laughs> one of the embryos, y'all are adorable. Was, yeah, one one of the embryos was really strong. The other embryo, they they did testing on one of the embryos. They didn't want to do the testing on the other embryo because it was, um, small. It was small, but it was still usable. And he said, what I want to do is, he first decided to say, he said, I want to go ahead and transfer both embryos. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay. And then all of a sudden, when we were a week before the transfer, he said, no, we're just going to transfer one of the embryos. We're going to do the strongest embryo. And I was like, okay. And then, so for the transfer, we went up there. All of us is praying. (laughs) We go up there and um, he does the... He tra- does the transfer, and then every day, Brittany is calling us well, and telling us what, she's telling us, showing us pictures of the of the pee stick. Yeah, it took immediately, and yeah. I, as for the first time, I had the sense of peace and calm, and I knew this was it because she sent us uh, the pee stick, and it was already showing within twenty four hours. And I was like, already, and then the second day and th- it just keep getting darker and darker and darker and i just knew this was it um yeah so they, he he wanted to do the two but because one of them continued to grow and was growing so well up to the date of transfer they're like this is the one we're using as the other one didn't necessarily uh, was arrested development but it was growing at a much slower rate okay so then what okay and then um on that one it just it took right away i think it was at how much was the 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 testing when she sent it 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 took but what was the number that we got because it was really high. i don't remember hg numbers her hg numbers was really high and i'm trying to find it actually they they were really high to the point where they thought it might be twins that's we had oh, wow. yeah, the readings were like off the charts and they're like, uh, it might be splitting into two. And you were like, are you sure you didn't change your mind and go back to implanting two? I think it was, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, was it two? It was in the hundreds. It was like 200 and something. And, and then the, the one... for readings and we had never gotten anything like that. I think the highest prior to that was 60. Yeah, it was like 200, and the next reading was 750, and the other one was 1,500. Yeah, they were growing exponentially. Were That's good. why I was feeling really good, because we had never had that. I can't before. remember the actual numbers, but it was pretty high, and it took right it took right away, and we are where we are now. <laughs> yeah, but even that was still hard, oh. because, I mean, we were going to ultrasounds, and every time we would go to an ultrasound, I felt like my heart was stuck in my throat. And the 20 week one. I have to imagine the fear. I just remember we both went for the 20 week one. And we're like, we have to do this one together. Yeah, the 20 week one was the worst for me. I I was was having a panic attack in that that chair. I was sitting in that chair, thought I was going to pass out because I was having PTSD Uh, just sitting in that chair alone, thinking, like, okay, she's talking to us again. And then she stopped talking. And then finally she said, oh, everything looks good. And I kind of could breathe a little bit. And I walked out of the room because I had to go to the bathroom. 
And I heard her tell David and um, Brittany, they said, well, everything was, if anything was wrong, I would have sent you guys to a specialist. And I'm in the bathroom, like, oh my God. And I, that's where I thought I was going to pass out. Like, just to hear that news, like, oh. this is good news. <laughs> well, I just, you know, you hear the clicking of, uh, as they're getting the images. So she's rubbing the ultrasound uh, wand in her stomach and you're like, and then she's not saying anything. So like for 25 minutes, we're like, okay are they gonna like give us any input as to like are things developing well this time or not and it was just and then she kind of noticed she's like why are you so quiet we're like uh ptsd (laughs) (laughs) we are experiencing some uh stress over here and i just remember when james i wanted to also get up and walk away from the room but i felt like i was glued to the chair and i couldn't like move or talk or do anything i was just holding my breath uh, but yeah, finally, when she did say that, like, oh, honey, if something was wrong, I would send you guys to the hospitals. When she said that, we we're like, okay, this is good. And then yeah. they did tell us, if you guys don't get a call within a day from today, you guys are good. And we never got that call. So we were like, okay. Wow. So we passed that 20 week. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah 20, the 20 weeks. Yeah, so, 20 weeks. I think that was the, for me, that was the worst for me, just sitting there waiting for the five months to come through because I'm like, please, please let that head be okay. This, we did, you know what the problem was we were having with, with our baby now is like, um, we couldn't get the bottom of her, the ultrasound, they couldn't get the bottom of her bun. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get the bottom of her vertebrae. And we had to go three times, correct? Correct. And that's what it was. It's like, oh my God, would you please just turn around? Can you please? <laughs> they kept trying to move please. the baby and everything. And it, I think it, it was stressful because we were having to fly back and forth to see. No, we didn't go. We didn't, oh, we we didn't went, go. I went to a couple of them. Didn't I? No. Oh. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> so did she do a multiple? We just went to oh. that five month one. That was it. Okay. That was it. You didn't go to any of them because you were not really involved right away. <laughs> Till then, huh? I think that's when I decided that I'm like, yeah. okay, this is good. I can breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of checked back in. Yeah. I mean, which is a totally normal reaction, I'm going to say, like to have that fear and that fear response. Yeah. We tried to keep him out of it as long as we could, but he was curious to know what was going on and it was just yeah. for me i mean trying to hold that not to say anything i we did get a couple of arguments over here and stuff like that i was like i need your help on i mean i remember yelling like yeah. i need your help i need some support over here <laughs> so <laughs> we would go back and forth and stuff like that he says well i just really don't want to know everything and then i would finally s- starting to tell him what was going on and then him mm. and um britney were on the phone talking a little bit more and stuff like that and then the conversation started rising more and stuff like that and I think once we kind of both said that we were fearful and scared, yeah. it kind of made things better. I was like, I'm just scared. I'm really scared of everything we've gone through will repeat itself. And I think at that point, I kind of noticed a shift in the energy that we were in a better place. Not saying that we were not scared anymore, but we felt a little bit more supported by yeah. each other in the universe, it felt like, too. Yeah. 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 And then did you, were you able to relax at any point or towards the end of the pregnancy? How, how were you feeling then? Um, 
Well, the pregnancy continued well. There were a couple of medical things, but, you know, everything was being monitored and checked. So, you know, they would say like, oh, this level needs to come down. So we're going to check this. And how did you feel? I felt wonderful. I felt wonderful. And I did, um, I was stressed towards delivery day just because he kept coming back to Colorado and I stayed. So that was hard to be away from you. And um, I was like holding the fort down there and um, just. Yeah, that when she, the last month, is when it was kind of like he went down there. She had a um, Braxton Hicks, what we thought was labor pains and stuff like that. So she called us on August 11th saying, I think I'm going into labor. And we went down there, up there, because it's in Washington. Yeah, yeah. We went up okay. there. And um, when we when we landed, we she basically said, oh, they sent me home because it's not... Um, <laughs> It's not active labor. (laughs) And then, um, so you came home. I came home. And you went back to work, and I decided just to stay. Uh, You were there for... Yeah, I was there for two weeks, over two weeks, actually three weeks. Yeah. He stayed Um, out there while I came back home, because I had to work. I got to pay bills. (laughs) Yeah, and I do remember when she finally, I was like, this is it, James, you need to come. And you came, and I remember that night, she was... She thought she was in active labor. We all went to the hospital. And you have to remember, she lives like a couple hours away from where the hospital is because she lives uh, in uh, far away from the cities. So it was always stressful because driving into the city, into the Olympia, Seattle area, it's always full of traffic. So my mm-hmm. fear was like, what if like she goes into labor while we're driving there? So that was one of my biggest fears. But we drove there uh, to the hospital, and um, they sent us home. Sent her home was an act of labor, and she didn't dial. <laughs> she didn't dilate. No. Yes, yeah, she was again. only like what was it three three centimeters? Uh-huh. And they said it's not three. To, she said it's not going to happen. And then um, you went back home again. No. Oh my goodness. No, I only went once. Only went once. You only went once. Once with you and then once by myself. Because I did it twice with her. We went to the hospital and then the third time You guys did the um the memory sweep. That's what you went to. That's right. I did the memory sweep. But then that um time we went up to the hospital, you were in the waiting area and they sent us home that night. Remember around eleven o'clock at night? Yeah, that's the one we just home. Okay. What about the one before that? That was the memory sweep that you guys did. The the membrane sweep. The okay. membrane is the mem. Is it a membrane sweep? Yeah, it if is. I'm saying it, it was the membrane. Sweep. <laughs> it, it might be a, a memory sweep based on the inconsistent <laughs> stories. So yes, <laughs> exactly. We've gone through so much that I, I there was times where I'm like, okay, just forget all this happened. Yeah. <laughs> go so, into the abyss. Yeah. Yeah. Go and into then, the abyss. Follow the darkness. Wow. And then we went down, once we got down, when I got down there, we went, the first time was false. It wasn't false, but she didn't dilate enough. Uh-huh. Then the next day we woke up because the thunder and lightning woke us up. And then we got a call from her husband saying that uh, she said, it. this is it. This is it. And somehow yeah. I had that feeling. I'm like, watch her come when it's like raining uh, during of 7 a.m. traffic hour. Everybody's driving to work. And right. sure enough, that's how it played out. She's like, I'm ready for you guys. <laughs> let's do this and i'm like oh but it actually all went well 
It went well. So, were you there for the birth? I was say, did you just make it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were both there. We were both there because we were there for the the day be- the the day before, and then we were because we actually stayed at their house. We so that you guys know we did Aww. stay at their house mm-hmm. in a little. Is it a camper? It's an RV. In an RV, we stayed in a little RV and stuff like that, and. Oh, that's, that's when we amazing. got a call. Nice. We got a call from her husband when we were in the RV saying that she said it's time. And I'm like, okay, so I'm taking my time because I'm like, okay, here we go again. I just want to make sure this is the right thing, you know, getting dressed and stuff like that. We go inside and she's drinking coffee saying, you know what, it's going to be a while. Well, she was right about that. And then her husband comes. He said, come on, let's go. She said, no, I got to take a shower. I got to get ready. And so uh-huh. she took a shower, got ready, put on a little makeup and I think at ten thirty we decided to drive down, drive up there, and once we got there, they um admitted we, her. They, they checked well, her we in. they checked her in, they checked her to make sure she was ready to go, and they said you're going into active labor today. And then that's wow. when they put us in a room with them and stuff like that, and we got to know the doctors and I mean, well, mainly the nurses, the nurses and, and the doctor, the doctor and the midwife. Yeah. Um, and they kept coming in and out of the room. Um, it was a few hours, you know, she would rotate from side to side. We were just playing music, talking, just yeah, spending time together. Yeah. And um, from because we got we probably got into the to her room about 12 o'clock and she had her at, at 626 Pacific Standard Time. Yep. Hmm. And did you have like a name ready? Had you guys been talking for the last five or six years about names? Yes, we Uh have. We have a name. Her name, David came up with her first name and I came up with her middle name and her name is Nia Amani. (laughs) I love it. You gave David the first name after how he tried to check out for a while and give up. (laughs) What? I know. I was surprised. I thought her name was going to be Amani Nia, but he's like, no, it just flows better. Nia Amani. And uh, yeah, I found her name in a, uh, it was a baby book. And when I read the meaning, which meant like intentional goal oriented, I was like, this is so, I think this is fitting of our daughter. And then Jane, and I'm going to pick Amani, which means uh, peaceful wishes. And we had already mm. named our other daughter Imani. Imani. So we wanted to do an ode to her in honor of her. So yeah. she knows she had a sister. Um, yeah. So that's why we just did a play of letters. Yeah. And just With, move the A. From A to the Imani instead of Imani. Yeah. And yeah. monuments, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are in the beginning and the throes of it, but how is fatherhood treating you? The best. <laughs> I love it. We fight to change her diapers. Oh, wow. <laughs> we fight oh, to her. And oh, my God. This is the best. It is. It's the best. Thing. It's the best thing that I am just having so much joy. I want, mm. You know how you hear people saying that, you know, you never love somebody until you have your own child. Now I know exactly what they're talking about. I feel the love wow. every day when I look at her. I'm looking at her every day and say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you so much. And then you're just like, oh my, you, she looks at you like, okay, you love me, but I need a, I need a change in and I need a, I need a bottle. <laughs> what, which one are we doing? And I'm like, okay. And I was already, I think I loved her before I even like saw her and met her like at birth when 
And she, when she came out, she came out with yeah. pushes, and she literally came out with her eyes open, and open. she looked at me, which scared me. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, girl, I know you. Oh. I had been sending audio oh, files I know to you. her with, like, stories. So I was reading to her in Spanish yeah. and English, and Brittany would play them with these um, speakers on her tummy. So I was already, like, in love with her before she even came out. But once I saw her and I heard that first cry, I was like, yeah. oh, God, over the moon. It was like you're looking at this little Magic. kid come out, this little baby come out, and they're looking around the whole room. <laughs> and everybody said, oh, my God, she's, she's so, so alert. alert. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my little angel. And I, when we're doing this podcast right now, I took it over to my mom's house. I'm like, okay. It's your first day at your grandma's house, so. Oh, first day. Oh. Yeah. Well, not the first day. First but, day I dropped her off. <laughs> mm, <laughs> but I think already she's teaching us so much because I just feel like I'm a little bit more patient, not only with like James, but just people in general. Yeah. Uh, my compassion level, I feel, has increased. So when I see individuals struggling, like I just take that moment and be like, you know what? It's okay. You know, it's it's incredible yeah. what he's done in such a short time, just in six weeks. And I can only imagine what else. And she's last teach night us. was the very first night she slept all the, the way whole night to five forty-five. It was scary though because we woke up and we're like, "My baby!" That was me. I was like, just, <laughs> the panic attack." I went like this. I said, "Did you get up and change her diaper?" He's like, "No." Well, I worked till midnight, and then I went like this. I I told her I, I had to touch her to make sure she was breathing because it was still dark. It was scary, and I'm like, "Is she breathing?" And she's like, "And I'm like, okay," because it was cold last night. So I'm like, "This cold yeah. must have knocked her out." And then as soon as I get back in bed, she goes like this, Ugh. and I'm like, oh, "Okay, here we go. Let me go get a bottle." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so long journey, all worth it, you would say? Oh, my God, it's so worth it. Most definitely. It was so worth it. I am so happy. If I had if I had money, I probably would have one more. <laughs> if we, oh. when I meet people that are, you know, thinking about it or they've been on the journey, I just, like, always extend myself to them and be like, hey, I'm here. You want to talk? Like, whatever. I've been there. I've been at those moments where you're holding your breath. I've been in the moments where you've given up. I've been in the moments where you decided to get back on the bandwagon. I, you know, I've been through the whole roller coaster ride and it's scary, but you really have. You're going to be so grateful that you did. I think on this journey that I, you know, I didn't realize a lot of people have lost children. Yeah. And that's the part that touched me is like, you know what, you, everybody's like, are you okay? They, they talked to me saying, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. When, when we did, when we had our first loss and then yeah. a lot of people say, I've had a loss too. Yes. A lot of you family members through. and friends have come up to us and say like, I went through that too. I'm like, really? When? Yes. Yeah. It's like you, you talk to a lot of people and they just, just basically said, you can get through this. Just keep pushing through. And I remember at the time when we kept having these losses and stuff like that, I actually had a mental breakdown because I kept working, not like just working, working, working. And I think in the middle of us moving um, surrogates from Alyssa to Brittany, I had a mental breakdown and I had to call my doctor and she Mm. said, are you okay? And I said, no, I need to talk to somebody. And I talked to a counselor. They said, oh my God. And, you know, that little talking with the counselor helps a lot. And I'm just... 
you know, I'm going to advocate for a lot of people out there. If you are having any kind of mental problems or mental illness or you feel depressed or anything like talk to a counselor. It helps. I noticed the difference with him. I was like, it was like night and day. I was like, oh my God, like, wow. He was, yeah. So definitely. And I was checking in with my support system too. I have a couple of people that I talked to and I just, whenever things weren't going my way, I was just, just unload on them. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I'm just about (laughs) to barf on you. And they're like, bring it on, you know? And it really does help to talk about this and and that you're not alone. We're not alone. And um, that's what we learned that as isolating as the loss was during 2020 when the pandemic had hit, now we don't feel that. We feel that so many people are there for us and it's good mm-hmm. to be there for others too. Yeah. Yes, it is. Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story because even if you're not interacting with people in this, you're going to make other people not feel alone too in what they're going through. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ellen. You were a big part of our journey. And, you know, without you, this would not have happened. And that's what I'm saying. There's so many individuals that along the way we owe so much. And I'm getting a little emotional because without you guys, this would not have been possible. So thank you, Ellen. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was an absolute honor to work for you guys. And I am just so, so happy to get to this point that there is this happy ending. So many people go through so much, but I, you know, I wish for them never to go through this much, as much as you have been through, but I, I hope at least by you guys being willing to put your story out there, it provides some, some hope, some inspiration for others. Because it's going to happen regardless. It'll happen for you. You just got to be patient. You're going to have your ups and your downs and stuff like that. But we try to stay positive through the whole thing. We try so hard. And, you know, every now and then, because what my, the person who I kept talking to the most was when I was having emotional problems like that was our coordinator at the time was Sarah. And she worked for Ruth's Arrogancy and she completely advocated for us. She she pushed for a lot of things for us. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the type yeah. of person who who's go always Sarah. gonna be in my life. Say that again. I said, go Sarah. Shout out to Sarah for all her support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like my emotional support. She advocated for us. She would ask questions for us. I mean, she was there. And then when um then we got a new coordinator, which is Amanda. Amanda was there for us as well, too. But Sarah, Sarah was the one like in the beginning to like almost at the, almost into the middle at the end, she was advocating and I just love her and my, and I want to give thanks to her. Like she's my rock girl. If you can hear this, you are my rock. (laughs) Yeah. And we also a lot of uh, gratitude to uh, Roots, a Roots surrogacy family. Yes. Without them, definitely this one. I'd have some Brooke. And yes, Cassie. I mean, the whole team there. Financially, they actually they helped actually us. helped us. They as helped well. us financially too, which was a Amazing. big relief. Yeah, Thank I you, Roots. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, I don't know how things would have looked without I, their without their help. Without, we probably wouldn't have wow. went any further. Far. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, That's Ellen, awesome. you got to remember how many how many forms did we do with I, you? It was a lot. <laughs> so many. I know it was a lot. It was so much. Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, Tyler, we we are Ellen, grateful for you. Yeah. Oh, Tyler. Yes. Yeah, shout out to Tyler too, my paralegal. <laughs> we do love Tyler. 
Yeah. Yes, and to all our surrogates. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. in the very beginning. Yeah. And, Salisha, and, and with all three Alyssa, of them, we're still talking to all three of them. We're like, yeah, hello. We communication with all three of them. They're yeah. wonderful individuals. And this is the thing, like, we came into this thinking, like, James said, like, oh, we want a baby. We want to start a family, you know? And yeah, we got that. But then we also got three other families yeah. to be a part of our family. Yep. Aww. And then and we never thought that would happen. We never thought that would happen. And then we know that Alyssa, she did she did carry for another family yes, and she had a baby so as well. We're her. excited for her. <laughs> she accomplished Amazing. something that she wanted to do. And I know Celicia did finally do it yeah, too. And she, she had a baby. Uh-huh. She did for another family. So, so, so everybody I, yeah, I know we all had successes. Yeah. We just had to have a few. That's failures. amazing. Yes, yeah. it is. And, you know, now that we have honorary aunts, they're like, yeah. can we just be part of the family? Like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm glad because um, Brittany is talking about doing it for another family. And oh, God. She's yeah, a good candidate. She and is I'm, wonderful. Anybody that gets her, I'm going to say they're right gonna now. You're so lucky. You're lucky. You're lucky. Yes. <laughs> you better treat her right, whoever you are. <laughs> I know. We told her, like, God, I wish we're we watching. were in a financial place where we could do this with you again. Because in a heartbeat, we would go through all this with you. And, um, uh, you know, whoever does get her is going to be truly, truly, truly lucky. Incredible. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, ladies. James and David, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, sharing this with us. I could not be more happy for such a sweet, amazing family. And I'm just so excited to see the journey, not the journey, the adventures. I don't know. Are you, is it still a journey? I guess we're always on a journey. We're always on a journey. Life is always a journey. And also I will say, yes, so much fun how they interact with each other. It was, it was so much fun talking to them. I know Ellen, you said it was, it felt like they were bickering and I was like, it, it wasn't though. That's how like my husband and I are like, we're back and forth all the time. It was like, I thought they were amazingly fun to talk to. Yes, I agree. Um, so to all of you who want to talk to us, I know it feels sometimes like a one-sided conversation, but we do love when you call our number 303-997-1903. And believe it or not, when you do call, we actually take your suggestions. Uh, somebody called recently and we are working on a podcast of their suggestion. I'm not going to tip my hat yet. We'll do a, a call out when we actually do it, but uh, we really do listen and we appreciate everybody's feedback. So thank you for that. Um, thank you, of course, to all of our team, to Amanda, to Tyler, to Melissa. And thank you to all of you who listen. We really appreciate it.